2: Welcome to Power of X-Men Apocalypse, the podcast where we review every single issue of the classic, reality-warping, high-octane, epic X-Men crossover event known as Age of
0: Apocalypse.
2: I'm the marauder, sinister, never-bothered-to-clone, Flinkman.
0: (laughs) And I'm the hiring manager who thought Sugarman was underqualified for the job of genocide.
3: Dayspring!
1: And I'm the second most useless twink on Krakoa after Cypher, Mr. Scott Free.
3: I'm Polaris texting the group that I'm going to be late to the meeting because of quote unquote traffic. But really, I stopped at Starbucks. <laughs> Michelle.
0: <laughs> that is hysterical. Girl, you know, she's waiting in Starbucks 30 minutes late for her meeting and she's just like, where's my order? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'd mean, like, there was traffic.
2: I'm like, <laughs> even with portals that she can walk through and get anywhere within seconds,
1: that bitch is still late. Yeah. <laughs> she she can fly. Either. She can also fly, like, right. I think we're just overlooking that. <laughs> right. She can fly, she could take a crocoing gate.
2: <laughs> she There's... could fly a blackbird if she needed to go at supersonic speeds. I mean, my god, she could be there on time if she wanted to be, but who wants to be on time but for one of Cyclops' is briefs? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm gonna be on time for Zaddy Scott's <laughs> briefs. I mean, depending on the brief, me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but wait, you know what? I, yeah, my god, well, only
3: is- if he's Captain Krakoa,
0: but you know what? Speaking of Polaris, though, where is she? Polaris, <laughs> Age of Apocalypse, she,
1: she's in um, Factor X. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: I yeah. totally forgot
0: about that. Not even. Like my memory is shot on this. Like but she didn't really do a whole lot, I don't think, right? And like Polaris Age of
2: Apocalypse. Is that even in this one. Oh, yeah, it is. Which by the way, this Age of Apocalypse complete epic that I haven't read in whenever since whenever it was published, I don't remember. But some of the like pages in here are just like clearly bad scans. Like they're so fucking blurry. It's ridiculous yeah. how little quality control is in this collected edition.
0: I feel like a couple. Like I, I forgot which. I think it's X Men Red. I was reading that. That trade paperback is awful. Like the paper quality is bad. Like the resolution is bad. I am so excited to discuss this issue because I feel like this is this is a flagship X Men issue for Age of Apocalypse.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I, I was. That was actually in my notes to call this the, the, the flagship uh, book of Age of Apocalypse. And this is astonishing. Number one is definitely the AOA issue that I've read the most. Um, I didn't read the whole line as a child because I wasn't rich. Um, but I did have this issue and I read it like a million times. And it, it definitely does a really good job, you know, setting up everything and positioning the other books and all of the other characters, you know, getting everybody sort of laying out where everybody needs to be, where they're going to be. And like, what's wild about this issue is like, even as a kid, like without having read all of those other issues, I had a really good window into the larger world of the Age of Apocalypse and like where the characters
0: were going to fit in because of this issue. I mean, listen, Joe Mad art for this, I guess we should introduce the issue. It's astonishing X-Men one once more with feeling by Scott Labdell and Joe Monterey, and it looks gorgeous. I mean, these character designs, these costumes are absolutely flawless. Yeah, this issue and
2: overall, you know, rogue is, is my favorite age of apocalypse look and probably
0: my favorite rogue look overall. I Listen, the Age of Apocalypse Rogue is my favorite look, too, for Age of Apocalypse. I also love Blink as well. I would love in X-Men 97, Lenore Zan voicing her in this look. I mean, that would be a dream come true, as long as she has the chunky boots. Oh, my God, the space boots. Yes. Well, it's so funny. When Lenore Zan was on the show, she was here like, can I ask you something, sugar? is that rogue behind you? And I was like, yes, that is rogue. And you recognize her age of apocalypse look
3: for the ladies. I really liked storm's look here. I liked her short, like haircut with the shaved back. I'm like, Oh, this is a really like nice look for her. I like this. Um, And then her, her outfit was just, I don't know. It's very functional. And I just, I was really drawn to her look specifically. And, also, um, Daddy Banshee. Like, <gasps> I mean, I just yeah, like those. He doesn't have a full-on cape. He just has these little, like, spikes that stick out the back. So yeah. when he flies, he looks. He looks very much like a predator. You know, like he's got big dick energy for sure. I <laughs> like I we like big like dick, dick
0: energy here.
3: Yes. Yeah, and I was very much into Banshee at the time because I was reading Generation Next. So it was a character that I was familiar with because um, I'm like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade here. So I can't believe my mom is letting me read these comics because I I mean, there's some pretty adult themes in here, I feel. And it's also kind of like sad. Like It's like a sadder storyline. It's not as happy-go-lucky as like, you know, like the animated series or anything, but... Yeah, I really like Banshee's look here. Banshee and Storm were the real, like, winners for me. Oh, but also Shiro, like, I I really loved his look. Like, he's just all fire, like, all fire everywhere except for his mask and his, like, I think they're just bands. I don't know if that, his uniform is very interesting to me. Like, I'm not sure what's happening, but I like it.
0: Yeah, I think in the Ashcan, I was reading that Sunfire's look is supposed to be a bit more reflective of his very savage persona in the Age of Apocalypse. Like he's taking no prisoners here. And I appreciate that. I mean, I think at the time, his look was a breakout look. Everyone loved Age of Apocalypse, Sunfire. And... He won the Hasbro shop poll for legends. And we got him in that. Did we ever get a five inch toy biz? No. Age of apocalypse. That's a missed opportunity.
2: Well, it was probably too expensive at the time to cast him in the, the translucent and to really do it Right. OK,
0: I love translucent action figures. So like oh, I doesn't? remember when they did the Johnny Storm for the Fantastic Four box set and he was half phased and it was yeah. there was a translucent variant. I wanted the translucent variant. No, I didn't get the translucent variant. I had to go on eBay and get the translucent variant.
2: Oh, sad for you. Walmart, Walmart in East Texas. Shockingly, not a lot of competition for legends out there. I, I managed to find it
0: <laughs> with ease. Wait, wasn't it a ToyWiz.com exclusive box set? No, no, wasn't it at Walmart? Was it? No, it no? was Walmart. Really? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I definitely got it off of Toy Wiz because I checked my 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 old AOL account and I bought it off of Toy Wiz. Yes, Scott's <laughs>
1: face. Uh, you couldn't get into your Netscape account, so you went with AOL. <laughs> my Earthlink account too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And I had, like, a receipt for a GeoCities Sailor Moon page that I tried to do on oh AOL God. Press. It you were always the, always trying to,
2: to be an internet media personality, even in the 90s. <laughs> even
0: in the 90s. Scott, I know this answer, your favorite look.
1: Well, what, what, why don't you tell me what it is?
0: You love, you love X-Force, Age of Apocalypse, Nightcrawler, and you love North
1: Star. Of North Star in this. I, I love this take on Nightcrawler. Um, where it is very similar to a 616 look, but it is more like militaristic with like the armor and the shoulder pads, um, and you know, swords, more swords. Um yeah, but even like in this is specifically I love Banshee. Um, I think it's a really nice take on like Banshee's design. Um, the most disappointing for me is like Pietro, where it's literally just That's, I mean, that is basically just what 616 Pietro looks like with no changes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with you. I feel Quicksilver is a little lackluster. I'm going to have to disagree with you, Michelle, and I love you so much. And I'm so sorry to disagree with our IRL God Queen. I don't like Storm's look. I think she could be a bit more. I, I think she could pop a bit more on screen. In theory, I think everything works for her. If I'm looking at the character designs, but it—I don't know. It could be the way it's drawn. Not—not no, not throwing shade at Joe Mad at all, but I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't pop for me. It's too neutral.
2: It's not for me either. I think it's very when you think of Storm, and I know this is a different version of Storm, but when you think of Storm, even when she had has like a mohawk, it's still a flowing. You know, a flowing mohawk. I think there's a. It's a miss that Storm doesn't have some sort of like her later like Joe Mad braids or like some sort of flourish to her hair, a, a cape of some sort. I don't know. It just it it those. It's interesting. You can tell who is and who is not actually designed by Joe Mad in these in these designs. Um, you can tell which cast of characters he's going to be regularly working with. Everybody has that sort of Magneto um, almost, what, what do we call it? Like collar to, to yeah, their like look. Yeah, the collar. And I'm a, really, I'm a really big fan of that. I really love that, that that unifying sort of look that all of the members of the Astonishing X-Men cast, like Sunfire, um, et cetera, have. And I think for me, if you really think about some of the iconic looks um, from Age of Apocalypse that, that showed up after the, the event ended, um you know like blink morph sabertooth you know they all showed up in exiles wearing these looks or or sunfire in the 616 when he was briefly um a horseman of apocalypse or or even the look he's he's wearing now is is kind of derived from this and like you know basically all of of the looks from from this event that have longevity i think are 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 the joe mad designs and that really to me i think that really speaks to to his strong design capabilities i i, I don't know and maybe that's just me but even you know even someone like like magneto who ostensibly is just wearing you know a version of his regular costume um is also one of my favorite age of apocalypse looks and that that's really just down to like the little design flourishes that that joe mad brought like the the braids the sort of angrier looking helmet and the the, the fuller cape um just little things like that i think he was he was from my perspective he was the best of the character designers for, for the Age of Apocalypse. And I think when you, when you lay them out kind of like on the, the double page spread where Magneto's talking to everybody, it exactly. does kind of, at least to me, draw a stark kind of difference um, between the costumes.
0: Okay, but can we also talk about the fact that Magneto has a portrait of himself in that room without his <laughs> oh, no. braids, like over, over like a candlelight? <laughs> <laughs> in case you forgot who was in charge here, <laughs> can you imagine just like you walk into someone's house and they have a portrait of themselves when they were younger over their fireplace? I'm like, that is like big dick energy right there. Oh, yeah.
2: He can manspread anywhere he wants. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in the age of apocalypse, he can manspread. man-spread. Manspreading all over the AOA. But, Flink, I agree with you. I think you can definitely pick up the Joe Mad designs. And I think the ones that stick out, Magneto certainly being one of them. Another one is Iceman. And here we go. The writer's strong hair. I'm sorry to repeat it. But also, like, not having the face as well and just the eyes. And that's another contrast when we were talking in our last episode about Generation X, how these characters have embraced their powers. They're a little bit more seasoned. Bobby. Is a character that when Scott and I were going through Legion quests, we were like, wow, like he's very unsure of himself and he's coming off the heels of Emma possessing him and doing things with his powers that he didn't think he could do. So he's struggling with his identity as an LGBTQIA plus individual, not being able to realize his full potential as a mutant bobby's in a really bad place in 616 at this point and then gets thrown back in time with legion loses his memory and is just like in the past in israel and here he's fully like in charge of his powers in a way that you know we only saw when emma did it speaking of of translucent action figures you want to talk about a cool action
2: figure from the toy biz days the AOA Iceman that they did and that like <laughs> translucent blue material was just the fucking coolest action he- figure I'd ever seen at the time did he come in the wave with spiral no that that was they they based the AOA Iceman figure off of that that was more his John
0: junior look from like yes. around uncanny 300 I Love that figure, the Age of Apocalypse Iceman figure so much. I found it at Old Town in Orlando. Have, have you guys been there? No. no.
2: Can't no. say I've had the privilege.
0: In Orlando, there's like a 1950s town called Old Town, Old Town, and they have a comic book store in there. And they had the Fleer Ultras. My primo got uh, the Dark Phoenix Fleer Ultra there. I got so angry, the holographic one. But they also had Spiral and Age of Apocalypse Iceman. That's why I thought they were in the same wave. And it was the most beautiful figure I had ever seen in my entire life. And it made that Disney trip for me getting it. It's a
3: stunner for sure. Um, We had, so we lived like near these outlet stores and KB toys actually had an outlet in that mall. It was called like toys unlimited or something. And they always had like three for, I don't know, like $10 or something like that. All the toy, Biz figures, so my mom used to take us and like, she'd be like, all right, you guys can pick out, you know, whatever figures you want. So I was like, I remember I got Spiral. Um, I think one of my brothers got that Iceman figure and they they had some other ones, too. But I remember seeing that Iceman figure and I was like, oh, my God, this is Age of Apocalypse. Are they going to do more? And then they never did.
0: Oh, like, they oh. did. We got the we got uh, an entire wave of. Yeah. Of Age of Apocalypse figures. From and from they were so biz. popular, they never oh
2: hit the outlets. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe I only really shopped at the outlet because I was a kid, and you know, that's like what I could afford.
0: No, we, we got the entire wave, and well, not the entire, we got one wave which had Magneto Apocalypse. Help me out here Magneto, oh, Apocalypse. Magneto
2: Apocalypse, Weapon X, Cyclops, Sabretooth with Wild Child. Don't forget Apocalypse with. Lava lamps, Shadow King. Yes, right here. Boom. Um, you're,
3: you're right. You're. I right. think
2: that was it for the wave, and then the Gambit and Rogue famous couples box set That's came right. later. That's right. and then, came but that was like weak,
3: though. that was weak.
0: Yeah, that was that was Emma Frost masquerading as that, Rogue because yeah, she wanted Frost that with
3: g- the brown tunic <laughs> yeah.
0: because she wanted she wanted Gambit. Like, who doesn't want to sleep with Gambit?
2: Well, it had the uh, that Emma Frost had the Joe
0: Mad hair. The hair yeah. was
3: perfect. Yeah yeah it and was it was perfect
0: then we got oh, and we
3: got Holocaust in the generation x wave, right
0: yeah we oh no, it was a ninja series
2: The ninja oh the ninja yeah, series. so, so it's we got hard to keep straight. it's been almost thirty I, years I these can't I can't waves Three were
3: years. kind of wacky, like
2: and in the most... Most... why was holocaust in a
0: ninja wave? let's ask <laughs> that question <laughs> and then most wanted, we got blink and we got Nate, Who? and then we got. <laughs> fuck you get out of here <laughs> get the fuck out of here I and love then, Nate he's just right over there you know I know you love Nate I was looking through my photos and I from Texas and I saw that I, I had taken a photo of your Nate and your cable portrait. daddy cable and daddy cable. Yeah, yeah it's
2: super Ooh. inappropriate
0: <laughs> and, and and then we did get a sugar man
2: right we got a sugar man we did. from toy laughed. Yeah. he was in the monsters line and he yeah. was like
3: <laughs> that horrible laugh
2: <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> the
3: laugh. Like Sugar so, Man freaked me out. Like that terrifying, was literally.
0: Dark so Beast we, was in that. Oh yeah, Dark Beast was one. He had like the actual like hair, right? Mm-hmm. Something like Scott, did you collect the Toy Biz figures? Did not.
3: My it's brothers sad. were really into them. So then they got me into it.
0: I love that. I, I yeah. mean that was that was an era of of collecting that's I feel like we've recaptured it since
1: then. oh yeah. I I mean I had I definitely have like X Men stuff. I don't remember like specifically um collecting those. I just have like some other like dangerous nineties child toys um that like you couldn't make nowadays. Like the um from the Power Rangers, the Green Ranger and the Dagger. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Like you give like a five a five year old like a knife and it's like, oh, okay, this is cool.
2: Like yeah. go shank someone with my dagger flute. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, Got I <laughs>
1: <laughs> But like um, talking about like underrated uh, AOA looks, uh Nate Gray is an iconic AOA yes. design look with this little like overcoat over his like blouse it's great um and or shirt um and then like um i i really love it's not in main aoa but daredevil um matt murdoch keeper murdoch where he's got like 90s like Jory will forge like visor um and uh doom doom shows up in some of the later material oh, too right. and um It's just like Dr. Doom without the mask because apparently this Victor Von Doom is like not that narcissistic. Underrated looks.
2: I've read all of that stuff. It's just been so, like all of that, I think they collected in these complete epic paperbacks that they released like 15 years ago. But I don't, for some reason, I don't don't remember all of that stuff very clearly.
3: Was it the 10th anniversary, like the second wave? Because they did like a 10th anniversary release where they re- they brought everybody back to age of apocalypse and then some people had updated looks like i think storm had an updated look
0: dazzler yeah. dazzler
3: had an updated look
0: that was criminal dazzler did not need to be she like didn't. Tinkered. she looked amazing her
3: first look was great the only great. thing
0: they could have given her is a nicotine patch that's fine like that's <laughs> it like, other than that I would not have accepted and they brought Emma into it too. I thought Emma, listen, I mean, I I get where Emma was at 10 years later with the X-Men, but I thought her age of apocalypse thing, it was fine for me. It was was fine. fine for me too. They
2: didn't need to drag her into that.
0: And they, and they brought in Psylocke, which Psylocke is notoriously MIA in the age of apocalypse in the first read, which was always so weird to me because Scott, as we've discussed, I mean, she just got her new haircut. She's looking like Demi Moore with her new, like Bob and she played such a big role in Legion Quest, and then we get to Age Apocalypse, and she's MIA.
1: She's not there. Uh, and when she does show up, though, isn't it? It's not Betsy. It's um, Quanon. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I, th- I I thought it was Betsy. I I didn't know that. I mean, that makes perfect sense if you're
2: yeah, looking at it. Maybe the switch is Betsy not referenced as being in the uk with the human high council
0: i mean i will i will defer to your memory over mine
2: don't do that
1: (laughs) (laughs) um i know i mean obviously her brother is um maybe
2: that's what i'm
1: thinking yeah he's brian is on yeah
3: he's on the human high council
1: high council Um, Hmm.
2: Okay, I you know, we, okay, so we we've established my memory is not to be trusted here.
0: This is this is from marvelfandom.com. Silock did not appear in the original Age of Apocalypse story arc and it was speculated by longtime X-Men fans, which is us, that she was one of the many telepaths whose brains were harvested by Apocalypse to be a telepathic security perimeter for the Citadel, Citadel sorry. So, yeah, um I guess she was just killed when a rip girl, up. rip. Damn. Sorry. Only Jean, Jean Grey can survive. Jean Grey Monet can survive. Psychic <laughs> Holocaust. Look what I did there, Flink. I gave Monet. I gave Monet there.
2: There. You know, I, I was, I, I was, I was going to say something shady about Jean Grey, but I'm really <laughs> trying to turn over. And we've got company, and uh, you know, I, I just assumed, save it for gms Yeah, we'll we'll save that for. No, but I, yeah, I think you're right. And then Emma, of course, showed up lobotomized. I think she was who was hanging out with the Human High Council. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all all coming back. It's all coming. Yeah, it was like, it's just out of order. And Moira
3: Trask, Moira Trask was there too.
2: What was, where was Moira 10 during all of the Age of Apocalypse? I know, right?
3: Where was she?
0: Okay, so in the episode okay. that we just dropped with Leah Williams, Scott and I point blank asked her about Moira in the Age of Apocalypse and Leah like like paused for a second and she's here like I don't think anyone's thought about that.
3: Yeah, because how is she going to be on the Human High Council when she's obviously a mutant? Like yeah. rude.
2: Rude, girl. Playing in both sides.
3: Yeah. yeah. Keeping, it, oh, keeping
2: her mutant abilities secret even in the AOA.
1: One of the random plot holes, though, with, like, the Human High Council stuff is Brian Braddock is on it, but they never actually acknowledge whether or not he's Captain Britain in this reality, since he does get, like, shanked, if I remember correctly. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume he's not Captain Britain, but who knows? I don't know.
3: I feel like they said he never took up the mantle, which is why he's on the Human High Council. Yeah.
2: Well, then who's the Captain Britain of the AOA? So these These are all questions. Questions. Maybe nobody,
3: nobody took it up. They're like, yeah, you know what? This world doesn't need a captain. (laughs) Other world closed (laughs) itself
2: off and said, "Uh, no.
3: Yeah, yeah. Saturnine's like, "Mm, I don't want that, Brian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was started. Saturnine is like, "Mm, thanks, pass.
3: Thanks, but no thanks. Doesn't have his sword.
0: But this issue opens up, it's, it's it's a pretty explosive first couple of pages, because Magneto is talking to the X-Men, which consists of Morph, Sabretooth, Iceman, Quicksilver, Nightcrawler, Banshee, and Storm, about how he's going to follow through with what Bishop is saying. And everyone's like, that's crazy. This is a kamikaze mission. And they're all like, but we're X-Men. This is what we do and then suddenly a blink portal comes in and blink comes screaming through followed by sunspot and one of the what are they called it's not a an infinite what what are these bad guys they say inf- infinite infinite or is it let me see
3: they i thought they were like
1: uh yeah an infinite
0: an infinite and Blink is just like, mm-hmm. bye, and, like, closes her portal on him. And it was a pretty big, big opening.
1: Okay. Well, he, he's a prelate as oh. well.
0: Oh, they were uh, fighting the infinite. And then the prelate. I don't know the hierarchy. I'm not going to lie to you guys.
1: Yeah, I don't know the hierarchy
2: either. But So this scene with Blink. For me, so Apocalypse refers to, to, not to jump ahead, but Apocalypse refers to, to this character a few pages later as as Delgado. But I remember thinking at, at the time um, that this prelate that, that Blink killed was supposed to be to be Harvest, the, the phalanx that killed her in the yeah. 616. He's got the beard, he's got the bald head, he's got the color scheme. And it se- always kind of seemed to me as a kid who had read those issues that 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 this was meant to be a version of that scene where she won instead, which in yeah. my head canon, I'm I'm keeping it as that because I like that better than it being some sort of you know a random
3: acolyte. Yeah, we, I got those are, exact same vibes.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I had that, I, I thought that when I first read this, I thought it was harvest as yeah. well. That's why so, I was sort of confused. And I thought it was supposed to mirror exactly that because for folks at home who don't know, during the Phalanx Covenant, 616 Blink sacrificed herself. And 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 this is her first appearance after that. Yeah. And
2: it read like exactly, to me, it read like that scene playing out with, with her emerging victorious. And like I said, in my head canon, I'm, I'm going to keep it that way.
3: Yeah. And I love how <clears throat> this version of Blink is so in control of her powers and like such a badass she's very confident and in Clarice from the other um, universe she was just very like timid very like unsure not knowing how her powers really work how she blinks things out of existence where this blink is just like yeah bye you're dead
0: well, and she has such a strong rapport with Sabretooth. When you think of the Age of Apocalypse, this is going to be another big relationship that we're going to get later on in the series. She grew up because of Sabretooth and mm-hmm. and I think that sort of savagery comes through in her personality. But again, this is this is a world where everything has been obliterated and mutants are forced at a very young age to master their powers if not they're going to die. That's it. You know. Yeah. You're gonna end up not being designated or whatever they said in Generation Next One, and they were like, "That's <laughs> depressing that you died without a name." But that's what happens here in the Age of Apocalypse. So yeah. I appreciate Michelle to that point. Like how savage everyone is. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. It's survival of the fittest, literally. <laughs> yes, right there. Yeah.
1: First couple pages, I I really liked it. It's sort of you know the action happening almost right away. Um, really solid. I love um just like, you know, again, this Bobby is a lot more confident, a lot more arrogant than the six one six Bobby where he, you know, slows down the uh the flames and it's just like, um, you know, don't bother thanking me, you're welcome. And it's like, okay, starting off as a jerk, cool. Um, yeah, I, I really I liked it. Um, it, It's, again, to see a lot of these characters that we're very familiar with, with like very different personalities and very different reactions to things um, for an issue that's very early on in Age of Apocalypse. it's, It's well done.
0: Yeah, and it's a very stylized interpretation of all these characters, which I truly, truly appreciate. And so the next scene is Rex going to go see Apocalypse and he's sort of like taken aback by all these skulls on the floor and Apocalypse is like they're not hundreds they're hundreds of thousands and mm, isn't this aroma just so relaxing I'm like god like Apocalypse is seriously like the quintessential evil villain but what's happening is in Seattle there the cullings are are back despite the peace treaty that was supposed to be implemented, the Kelly pact, which obviously is a reference to Senator Kelly and the X-Men are horrified by this.
1: Yeah. Um, And Rex Rex is a recurring character. He appears on a couple of other issues of uh, Age of Apocalypse stuff. Uh, Really deep, obscure cut, but the 616 counterpart is a really minor villain in x Men. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think Sugar Man Hires to try to kill uh, Nate Gray And it's like oh, okay that's that's deep cut deep Yeah cut.
0: no he goes hunting Nate Gray and his one true love Madeline Pryor <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I Can like still picture that cover in my head Where it's Nate and Maddie and Rex I believe it's X-Man 8 Let me see
2: I never made the connection that that was supposed to be the same character. Like yeah. I've read X-Man more than I've read Age of Apocalypse. And I've never, ever like connected those dots before. Yeah. Just my mind.
0: Yeah. So it, it, he's the one that's fighting Nate on the cover of issue eight. And then in, I'm trying to see if I can find issue seven. No, issue seven is the one of Nate being held by Celine, which is a fucking hot cover. Uh Yeah. Speaking of man spreading there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's up with these men of the age of apocalypse thinking they can just spread it all over the multiverse.
0: I mean, they grew without a society. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) They have no idea. I can't find the cover I'm thinking of, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I love that deep cut to Scott. That was in my notes that Rex will come back. But again, this goes to like what we've been talking about over and over again is that age of apocalypse was seriously planned out. I, I don't know how they did it, but like they they thought about it from all the way from Legion Quest to, you know, post that. And that's that's pretty impressive that in the 90s where technology was limited to like fax and dial up that they were able to be this on page on on the stories and the canon. Yeah, so they cut to the mansion back again and it's a like horrible like the weather here it's like gray the mansions dilapidated here's the thing in x-men alpha the weather is very sunny and beautiful and i thought like oh is that like a mirage or something but here we can see that everything is like gray skies there's red skies as well and apparently that's supposed to like reference a battle, and this is according to the Ashcan, there was a battle between Magneto and Apocalypse, and it switched the polar polarization of, of, of the world, and that's why the weather is supposed to be off. But we did not see the weather off in X-Men Alpha. I, I have to give all, full credit to you
2: <laughs> for noticing that. Yes um i'm not sure that any of us uh, and jump in and correct me if i'm wrong but are paying attention to the weather in age of apocalypse (laughs) i'm i'm more you know the plot and the and the characters but uh yeah i i I think we could just assume that 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 facts got lost somewhere across country (laughs) (laughs) okay fine whatever like maybe it was
3: like one nice sunny day Okay, but the X
0: Men have their one nice sunny day.
2: Probably.
3: Yeah, it's like but then a look at it. Day.
0: Then at nighttime, it's like clear skies and you can see all yeah. the stars. Like, is there no electric? Is there no light pollution in the Age of Apocalypse?
3: There's no light pollution.
0: There's
2: no electricity for most people
0: in the Age of Apocalypse. I would assume. Okay, fine, fair. Anyways, going back to those pages. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> done with the weather. I'm going to delete these two pages about weather <laughs> and climate. <laughs> And global warming in the age of apocalypse.
3: Let's get to the juicy stuff, okay? Let's get to this like this meaning of rogue and gambit. I mean, I'm obsessed. Like, okay. I mean, at this point, we know she's with Magnino, right? Mm -hmm. But you can tell like there's some tension here. How she's like, "Oh, I thought you left already," and he's like, "No, girl, I had to say bye to my my main chick before I left." You know, and he even asks her for a kiss before he goes and she's just like they're about to have this moment and then Blink being the total cock block that she is comes in and is like she's like, Oh, um thought you as his mother, you'd want to keep an eye on your son, since his father, your husband, is busy prepping the others. Like
0: okay, you need to voice Blink in X-Men ninety seven. <laughs>
2: yeah i i don't understand why blink is such a horrible cock block here i mean you would think anyone would understand that gambit is like look at that joe mad gambit he's so sexy that smirk uh, when he comes in uh,
0: you know honestly
2: this is probably one of my favorite all time one of my all-time favorite gambit and rogue scenes it has like all of that early mid nineties will they won't they dynamic Mm -hmm. and like this added complexity of, Oh shit. She's married to Magneto who in this reality is, you know, mentioned was was Gambit's BFF at one point, which that's a whole nother can of worms that intrigues me. Like, how exactly do you go from having St. Charles Xavier that you're ranting and raving about being the greatest of all time as your best friend to Remy LeBeau being your best friend? Like, that's a really weird friendship trajectory that I would love to see played out somewhere.
3: And stealing his girl. Like, how are you going to steal your best friend's girl?
2: Like, can that th- forget Logan, Scott and Jean having a three way on the moon. I want to see Gambit, Rogue and Apocalypse in the age of Apocalypse or er, Apocalypse. Wow, Gambit, <laughs> Rogue and Magneto in the age
0: of Apocalypse. I'm into <laughs> all of
2: that though. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Apocalypse in there too. I mean, geez.
0: <laughs> I oh, listen, even fucking Sunfire when Blink is like, I thought she was over that Cajun jerk. And then Sunfire is, she is, as much as one can be. And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. Sunfire, you get it. Gambit Sunfire knows. Gambit, WAP. Age of Apocalypse Gambit for me is just <laughs> WAP all the fucking way. Like, I am just, I love him. I'm obsessed with him. We've talked about this before. I cannot wait for Gambit and the Externals. I It was my favorite book. Scott loves Gambit and the Externals. I
1: I don't dislike it. It's just my least favorite part of like Age of Apocalypse.
2: It's not it, my favorite either, to be perfectly honest with you.
3: Well, I, I didn't even know it existed at this point. Like me reading this when Gambit like throws himself off the cliff, I thought he died. Like I was like, oh my god, that's all we. <laughs> <do>. <laughs> <I'm> <clears> I I can't have
2: you. I'm kill myself.
3: (laughs) Exactly what I thought. I was like, damn girl. And like, blink didn't even care. You know, she's like, bye, boy. Bye.
0: But that's, that's really interesting. You said that because like, when you first read this as a kid, I mean, we're talking, we're like, our brains are still cooking. Like some of the, we don't make those leaps there. And like, there are certain things I think all of us have as headcanon at the time that's just like not what really happened. And it's because it's not what the comic book industry is right now, where you can just go on Wikipedia or download an issue. Yeah. Yeah. But I have plenty of those that so we can save for another episode. But <laughs> I have in my notes that I would love an AOA side sidebooks side for AOA in Sunfire, trying to stop the fall of Japan. I thought that was really interesting how he was here. Like I had to, you know, I've been through so much. Everyone I've known has died. I would love to see his him trying to like be the last remaining person in Japan trying to stop it from apocalypse taking over. I would also love a book of Magneto, Rogue, and Remy in New Orleans and 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 what happened there. I think they do touch upon it in X-Men Chronicles. I don't remember. I don't remember X-Men Chronicles at all. I'm sure they touch base on that, but I would love a side book of them in new Orleans and all the drama and like apocalypse is coming, taking over North America, but they're all pissed off because they're in this like awful love triangle.
3: Oh my God. Yes. I want this too. Can we do it in X-Men legends? Isn't that what X-Men legends is all about right now?
0: Oh my God. I know. Jordan D. White. Totally. Please. If you're listening, we're giving you ideas here. Um, Like, and we'll, we'll write the first issue for free. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah you know we'll we'll write it for you if you need we know drama
0: okay although when you said x-men legends i immediately went to marvel legends and i was like oh we're gonna re-enact <laughs> this with like marvel legends
2: <laughs> i mean yeah let's do it robot yeah. style why not yeah
0: i am totally yeah. down for that although we definitely need an age of apocalypse gambit marvel legends figure we're gonna have to use the famous couples gambit one
2: Every platform, every time we, any opportunity we have to say we need, you know, Age of Apocalypse Gambit is is the right time. He's the only one we really, truly can't live without at this point.
3: Well, we also need a Dazzler,
2: too. I mean, yes. Listen, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart as, like, a, a, a mega Dazzler stand. But I just, as much as I love her in the Age of Apocalypse, she's just, like, not crucial enough to the main plot for me to say that i if i only had one more shot at an aoa figure i i I would pick her for me that has to be gambit he had his name in the title of a book i don't know we could get a whole
3: nother wave out of this i feel like we we need a storm we need a gambit i feel like they've thrown in enough like random wacky figures to justify getting a dazzler
2: I agree. I, if we're getting a whole nother wave, that's a,
0: that is a
3: entirely yeah.
0: different. Yeah. That's My, a horse of a different color. I just want <laughs> Dazzler to be packed in with a Siggy. That's all I'm asking for. Or
3: she has a hand. That I didn't
0: get spread. one to Kitty. I know, like, right there, just put it there, like, and it's right, like, she can just smoke it, like, give us an alternate head, too, like, where she's blowing on the ciggy. Oh, my God. Like, instead of Jubilee with, like, the bubble gum is AOA Dazzler with a cigarette just hanging off of her, Perfection. and, like, bags under her eyes, she's like, eh, it's really killer here in the Age of Apocalypse. Angel won't book me in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, her, the only people... Goal. I like the only people who are VIP are Flinkman and Michelle. (laughs) I
2: mean.
0: (laughs) And one of them has COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, what's COVID in the Age of Apocalypse? No one fucking cares.
2: What a beautiful place the AOA is.
0: I know. But speaking of figures we do need, I'm going to say Bishop. And I think Bishop is such a big part of Age of Apocalypse. And I was really happy here because magneto references remembering seeing him in legion quest yeah seeing him on the
2: peripherals i was very busy cradling my dying bff (laughs) but i
3: remember
0: (laughs) okay so here's the thing this is where i'm going to pick up the story and i think it's extremely unfair to pick at it but i am going to say what happened between them in legion quest obviously this was a very traumatic moment for eric he Loves Charles very much. He would never, never mac on Gabby. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like how he did with Remy and Rogue. He's just like, it's not that kind of friendship. He has <laughs> such strong feelings for Charles. And 20 years after he had passed, it has influenced his movement, it has influenced everything. Wouldn't you he named re- his
3: kid after him?
0: Exactly. He named his kid after yeah. oh, poor Charles. And then the kid gets sat on by the plop or I forgot how he died. <laughs> like he gets squished, poor poor Charles. But poor Charles. but my question is, so he remembers that that Bishop was there, and Bishop is the lone survivor of that team. Now we know in the ashcan issue that Bishop was originally supposed to be in prison for twenty years, and then he's released. And the reason why he has that cybernetic eyes because that's sort of like the parole officer, like checking in, making sure he's not doing anything bad. Obviously, the story doesn't make it into Age of Apocalypse proper. It's just said that he's wandering around. Why wouldn't Magneto have sought him out, though, if he knew that there was something larger to Xavier's death, as he sort of says here? He's kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. And I kind of remember that guy there, but mm, here he is now. Now I believe everything he says.
2: I- I feel like he didn't have much opportunity to be proactive. I feel like once Xavier was dead and apocalypse moved in, I mean, he had, he had no choice but to be fully reactive. So like I could see him maybe forgetting that, that detail in the moment as all of his loved ones are being decimated in, in, in front of him. I don't, I don't know. I'll I'll give him a little bit of credit on that one. It was, he's fair. There was, it was a moment of trauma and there's been a list, a lifetime of trauma since. That is very fair You just want to give him shit You just want, like, <laughs> Zaddy Magneto Is not enough, he can't do anything right for you He's just too, he's just pretty, but
0: He's just pretty, I love his Mafex Figure, sidebar I have been very tempted by that Figure, to be honest with you <laughs> Tempted to buy it or tempted in other
2: Ways? Tempted to Tempted to buy it <laughs> <I get> <laughs>
0: I wonder how much he is on eBay. All the other Mayfax figures are obscenely overpriced. Girl, you can get him for retail at Big Bad Toy Store. Really? He's still available?
2: <laughs> yeah, retail. He's Age of Apocalypse Magneto. Like the the, the the regular Magneto might be sold
0: out, but not Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm right there. I get banana. Yeah. Anyways. So we know Magneto's plan is that he's sending Gambit to get the M-Kron crystal. He's sending Nightcrawler to find Mystique. And he's sending Colossus to get Iliana. And this is sort of the hub of the story. And then Rogue and the rest of the X-Men decide they're actually going to go to Seattle to stop the Cullings by Holocaust, which is terrifying for them. They didn't know this was still happening.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that is sort of what I was speaking to earlier in the introduction is like this book really is the flagship because it lays out what, what the, you know, the missions are and which cast of characters and what book is, is, is going to, to be dealing with it. And I felt like it it just did a really good job as opposed to, you know, the other books which were telling their own stories. It really, it really did a great job of setting up the larger art mission art for all of the X-Men, not just the specific cast, you know, that would be featured in that book. And I, as this was the only, you know, monthly AOA book I was reading at the time, you know, I really appreciated that because I sort of had a, like I said, a window into what was happening in all the other books that I couldn't afford in third grade.
0: And and there's a lot of heart in this book. And I think as we were talking about, you know, as we dissected that scene with Rogue, Gambit, and Blink, but we also get in these last few pages, we get a really funny moment between Quicksilver and Morph, where Morph pretends to be Magneto. And he's here, like, giving him a heart to heart, and it's so beautiful. And then he's here like, and Pietro you need to floss. (laughs) And he's like, floss? (laughs) And then it's like Morph, and he gives him like a big fucking kiss. And I think when I think about what I love about the X-Men and something we've all discussed about the Hickman era, where they feel a little bit more cold and calculated, the X-Men at the core of it are a family. And I love seeing moments like this and clever uses of their powers. And I thought that was so... I actually had like the biggest smile on my face when I was reading that scene. And Morph gives... Quicksilver, that huge ass kiss. I've seen that panel countless times, but seeing it like play out there, it was really cute.
2: Yeah, and I mean, not to mention that this is the first time that we've ever had Morph in, in a comic book uh, before. So, and seeing him sort of carry on that legacy of, of the, the merry prankster from the animated series uh, you know, him and Blink, I think for people who are familiar with the X-Men going into this, were kind of instant icons just because we got to actually see them be, you know, developed characters and, and, and badasses. And for me as a kid, like, I know that it was a real treat seeing Morph show up like this in, in an X-Men comic um, and have him just still be, you know, still be Morph.
3: <laughs> I know even in the beginning when he's behind... Sabretooth and he's making all those like grunting noises like mimicking him and then Sabretooth like threatens I think to toss him in the fire when Shiro comes through (laughs) and he's like wait a minute what
2: and that to me like really kind of mirrored the morph Wolverine dynamic on on the animated series where they were like kind of besties but but Wolverine you know had to had to at least pretend to be annoyed by all of the antics yeah
0: and 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 Morph being here is obviously a direct byproduct of his popularity in the X-Men animated series, which we know the Lee Waltz had always wanted to kill him off. He was designed to be killed off. Yeah. But given his popularity, they brought him back because every he was like a fan favorite.
3: It was a really nice way to bring him back for the fans too, because I think this was being put out around the same time as X-Men the animated series. Mm-hmm. So maybe Maybe everybody saw how much people liked Morph in the show. They're like, oh, well, maybe we can throw him in the Age of Apocalypse because it's different timelines. So we can have some people who are dead.
2: And it established Morph in the 616 um, with a throwaway comment that uh, Roe, who was it at the end? It was Quicksilver and whoever he was bitching about Morph to. Uh, yeah, it was. Rogue and Quicksilver, when they were talking about the ugliest purple headpiece costume ever, that establishes that Morph was the changeling who, of course, famously died in the first, I think, 50 or so issues of, of X-Men. So it, it not only did we get to revisit the character of Morph alive and well in the Age of Apocalypse, but it also kind of retroactively established him in the 616 universe as well. So it was a lot of fun for for, for you know, young me. Um, who was a really big fan of the animated series?
1: Uh, yeah, he—he uh, changeling appears in uh, the late '60s and pretends to be Professor Xavier, and then dies. And um, I, yeah, I had—I um, I, like the the back half of this to to show you like the differences in our note-taking style. Paul had two pages on the weather. I have like. Um. Uh, quicksilver bulgy quicksilver in shadows, and it's just like, <laughs> uh, Piet- Pietro shows up and he's just like, you know, the same could be said about you, mother, in like air quotes, and it's just like, okay, well, quicksilver is still kind of a jerk in this, um, yeah, reality. Uh, Rogue also makes reference to using her magnetic powers to ferry the shuttle there, um, because she in this reality. Drained Polaris of her powers, about half of her abilities. So, like, oh. she's using uh, Age of Apocalypse Polaris's powers. I and did not support.
3: know that. I um, thought it was just because she, um, <clears throat> <throat> she was fucking Magneto She was fucking Magneto. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's hysterical. I, it's going to many places in my head. One, like Popo probably did not notice because there were like nuclear bombs going off. And she's like, I'm in Starbucks right now trying to get my latte here. What's
2: happening?
0: And like Ro comes up behind her, siphons her powers. And Pilar's like, oh, you know, like <laughs> what happened there? And then secondly, maybe that explains how they were able, I, I, I'm sorry. I come from the generation of readers where we were like, if Roe can't touch anyone, how did she have a child with Magneto? Yes. And
3: these maybe, are my thoughts too.
0: Maybe this having Polaris's powers yes. also sort of offset it. I think they've referenced it. They did. I, I, oh, yep. yeah. I think it
2: was something to do with like, you know, how two magnets, like the, the north and the south end of the magnet, <laughs> they reverse polarization, they wow. like, each other away. Like I feel like there was some sort of explanation. They really, really. I'm serious. No, I don't know, I know you are. I'm like... Rare, but in canon, I think that there was some sort of like explanation involving that. That's how Magneto and Rogue were able to touch in the set, like in in continuity in six one six as well. Oh my but my God, mind is go- makes sense. Where,
0: where my mind goes though is that he's able to touch Rogue with his daughter's powers. You know, the Rogue has her daughter's well, power. Not at the time. Not at the time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's fair. But I do love that scene with Rogue and Quicksilver because yeah, there is some tension there but there's this mutual understanding and he's here like, did you say goodbye to father? She's like, I don't say goodbye. They make that, that the joke about Changeling and, and then they hug. Yeah. I know, and it's really cute. Like, it's again, a sweet moment. Because family's yeah. complicated.
1: It, it, yeah, this is a what makes it special. At this point,
0: yeah. I mean, this is (laughs) Quicksilver's. Like, I'm older than you, and you're my mom. (laughs) Like,
2: (laughs) and yet he and he's like, it starts being such a dick to her, and yet they end it with laughter and a
0: hug.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I just think it's really cute, and then you know, it ends with Bishop and Quicksilver having a moment, and Quicksilver says what I think. I just imagine this should be Magneto's perspective, which is like, maybe this isn't the world that's supposed to be, but nonetheless it is my world and then under his breath bishop is like that's exactly you know the the professor wouldn't have it any other way or what he said let me see if i can find it um he says indeed and i'm certain the professor wouldn't have it any other way so boom, right there that's the issue what are everyone's thoughts on the issue in general
2: well, I mean, this is this is my favorite book, honestly, of of the Age of Apocalypse. I thought, you know, Lobdell wrote it really, really well. He packed in a lot of world building and a lot of character building and establishing sort of where everybody is in this world. Um, you know, and pair all of that with with you know the super iconic Joe Mad art. I just, you know, astonishing X Men to me is is a, the peak of the Age of Apocalypse. I think. Um, even though Labdell's writing is a little old school here, there's a little bit at the beginning where everyone's sort of describing their powers as they're using them, which is a very like Claremont, Stan Lee kind of way of writing the X-Men. You know, Storm is like saying she's summoning a hurricane as she's doing it. But aside from that, I thought, you know, really strong writing and and, and really strong art. And I, I enjoyed it a lot.
3: Rereading this, I see now how it does set up all of the other storylines because reading it the first time when I was younger I like I said I thought Gambit was dead like I had no idea there was this whole externals like thing happening I didn't know about the generation next didn't know about um, oh gosh there's one more Excalibur I think it was like I had no idea all these other ones were going on so to me I just thought oh well that's one way to get rid of like half the characters and <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, but this astonishing and amazing were the two X-Men series I followed on a regular basis because those were the only ones I recognized the characters from. And I really liked, I really liked this. I think it gave everybody on the team like ample screen time and we got to know what everybody was about and like where they like how their relationships were with people too. I liked I liked seeing that, like Blink being a cock block. I'm like, damn, girl. I like,
0: what is a beef with with Blink and Gambit? Like
3: what, what happened?
2: That, what happened?
3: Yes.
2: what I mean, happened? She might be thirsty for him herself. That's what's happened.
3: You know what? Everyone. It could be. You know what? Yes. Everyone.
0: <laughs> everyone every- <clears throat>
1: Quicksilver. Yeah. But that's part of what's great about the Edge of Apocalypse is like you're thrown into this and like these characters already feel like they have pre-established like ties and like tensions and other things and you know you just you don't know and that's part of like the charm I think for me yeah
0: Yeah, for sure and I hope it was one of those lessons that the editors took at the time where it's like you don't have to explain every single thing all the time like you can leave some things up to like the reader and let their imagination sort of work in in the background because a lot of the x books at the time loved recapping every single moment especially within the dialogue and like maybe inciting that curiosity was is beneficial when you're reading these things but yeah i mean i i thought the issue was really good as well i mean scott we have been doing months of like leading up to the age of apocalypse and it's finally here and I, I'm really happy with the with this issue.
1: It's nice not to be talking about Legion um <laughs> after a long time of Legion quest. Um yeah I, I mean we obviously read and have the episode of X-Men Alpha. And um, this, though, feels like the first real, like, issue. Like, X-Men Alpha is just, like, setting the stage, obviously, for this. And this, like, you get a real sense of, like, the whole sort of world, almost.
0: Yeah, and I think this is, like, one of those issues that you can pick up and you can understand that something, like, really big is happening in the background. And even though this book is going to be smaller in scope, where it's dealing directly with the fight with holocaust i still think this is a book that has a lot of heart in it like if the other books that are spinning out of this are more epic in nature in terms of the storytelling which i think i mean you think of gambit having to travel halfway across the universe for the Amcron crystal mystique and nightcrawler in search of destiny in avalon Generation Next going after Ileana because she's a time-based mutant. This one is a very simple book in that they're just trying to prevent humans from dying. I mean, that is a dogma of the X-Men protecting a world that fears and hates them. Obviously here yeah. it's reversed. But I think this is this is a this is a great book. It's a great issue. I have I have nothing but praise. Well, I love and I, I think
2: you you just made like a really good point. Is like all Thank of you. the other books they have like uh, they, they serve a purpose in Magneto's grander scheme. You know, everybody is, has a piece of the puzzle that they need to track down to to fix everything. Whereas this book is just the X-Men deciding the right thing to do is to go save as many humans as possible and, and, and going to do that. It's just them being heroes. It's not some part of their master plan. It's just them being the nice badasses they are.
0: But that that is totally the X-Men at the core of it. They are just protecting people who are oppressed. I mean, just doing the right thing, just doing the right thing. And that's what I think this works so well. And I do remember when I was first reading this book, I, I did not read The Age of Apocalypse as it was happening. I was aware of it, but I think I picked this series up at issue four where Rogue is like tonight the age of apocalypse is over. Like I rem- <laughs> that scene with her like that, like for me is like defining for, 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 for the age of apocalypse. And we have Lenore Zan saying, that's right, sugar. The age of apocalypse is now over because I needed to hear her say that. Cause I oh, will yeah. always hear Lenore Zan's voice doing that. So I, again, rereading this again, I think it's lovely. It's a really good fundamental book on the X-Men. So. There you go. The more things are different, the more they're the same. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Flink, where can folks at home find you?
2: Y'all can find me on Instagram. I am at Flinkman, not doing anything too exciting, but love to interact with fellow X fans. So hit me up.
3: You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Michelle Waffalo. I'm still figuring out Twitter. I'm not really sure how it works, but you can tweet me if you would like. Um, also check out my joint Instagram account with my husband, Adventures in Geekdom, where we chronicle our toy hunting, comic book collecting, just um, yeah, just our love of of stuff. As you can see behind me, it's where we find it and everybody that we've met, like picking stuff up.
0: I love your geek room so much. The first thing I did when I came to your house was grab beer and go right upstairs (laughs) to your room.
1: Find me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Mr. Scott free. Um, I am online terminally. So just, you know, tastefully DM me. Um,
0: (laughs) I wake up with my phone in my hand. That's just how I roll these days. But I'm <laughs> at power of X-Men on Instagram. Depending on my mood, I may or may not be on Twitter, but we'll see how it goes.
2: Nobody should be on
0: Twitter anymore. I know. <laughs> Did you see that Elon Musk was like, and next I'm going to put cocaine back in Coke.
3: <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: it's the age of apocalypse just right so imagine. Yeah,
1: unfortunately
0: all right guys we'll see you next time
3: well thanks sugar the age of apocalypse is now over and we'll see you next time the
0: age of apocalypse is over for now